Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today on the 11th of July, the seventh Sunday of Trinity. Listen to these words from Psalm 29. Psalm 29 says, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord strips the forest bears and all in his temple cry glory. Our God is mighty. His voice is powerful and we're going to hear from him today. Isn't that a wonderful blessing that he's spoken to us in his word and we're going to hear from him. Uh, so do listen expectant, expecting God to speak to you uh, and let's pray for his help that that would be the case. Heavenly Father, you are powerful. Your word is powerful. You've spoken to us and we thank you. And we pray you'd speak to us today in our service uh, through our readings and as you address us in your word please speak to us in Jesus name amen our opening hymn reminds us of God's word that he is faithful that he is faithful great is thy faithfulness let's uh, join in number 80 
Thank you, Dahi, for leading us in that uh, first hymn. Please do be seated for our first Bible reading from 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 to 12. 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 to 12. So this is what God uh, says to us today. Hear his word, his mighty word. 1 John 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in that reading, God addresses us and commands us to love one another. And the reading reminds us, that we've not loved as we should, we've not loved God as we should, and we've not loved one another as we should. And so we're going to come to Almighty God now and say sorry to him in the words of the confession. So together we pray, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done, and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Those words from 1 John chapter 4 again. We're told that we didn't love God as we should, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, that the sacrifice that turns away God's holy anger for our sin. The Lord Jesus loved us so much that he died for us. And so for all who trust him, we can be forgiven. And I can pray with confidence, Almighty God who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sin, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life through jesus christ our lord amen o lord open our lips and our mouth will proclaim your praise o god make speed to save us o lord make haste to help us glory to the father 
and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to declare God's praise by joining together in the words of the Creed. So let us affirm our faith together. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, please do be seated for the second reading, which carries on uh, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, cannot, uh, uh, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, let's pray together as we look at God's word. Lord God, our Father, your word tells us that your voice is mighty, that your voice breaks the cedars. And we pray as we listen to your voice this morning through your word, you would speak to us by your mighty voice. And we pray that our response would be glory, that you are amazing. Uh, please speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you know that you are loved in a world that is full of so much pain and suffering? When you or, or someone you love is sick, how, how can you know that you are loved? We might be reassured 
by the love and care that we receive from others and see that as evidence of God's love. And of course it is. Have a look at the beginning of our first reading, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. God says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Why is love from God? Well, think about who God is. He is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is three persons in perfect loving relationship. He is love. And because all people are made in the image of God, most people express that love in some way. But the love that John is talking about here is a particular type of Christian love, a love that shows you are God's people. Do you see at the end of verse 7, he says, Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. When John speaks of being born of God, he's speaking of what happens when we realise the world doesn't revolve around us and we return to God. Think of the toddler who has uh, the little the little baby, the little toddler, who has everyone following them around, picking up stuff after them. It's not surprising, is it, that we grow up thinking that the world revolves around us. And then we snatch if someone else has something we want. We think, well, the world belongs to me. I'll, I'll have it. And even as we grow up, we want the world to revolve around us. We want us at the centre. But when we realise that we're not the centre of everything and that God is, and when we see that God has made it possible for us to have a fresh start through Jesus, we turn back to him and say sorry and experience his forgiveness. It's such a change that the Bible describes it as new birth. We're no longer the centre, but God is. And it leads us to treat others differently. There is a new love, especially for other Christians. A love that seeks to put others first. A love that shows you are a Christian. And John says, if you don't have this love, then it's a sign that you don't know God. Because God is love. Um, chapter 4, verse 8. Mariam and Newish are two Christian nurses living in Pakistan. They worked in a hospital in Faisalabad. In April this year, they were accused of removing a sticker from a cupboard in the hospital. The sticker contained words from the Muslim holy book, the Quran. And so they were accused of speaking against the Prophet Muhammad. An angry mob of Muslims gathered, and one of them actually stabbed Maryam in the arm. The two nurses were then arrested and now face life imprisonment. The angry mob of Muslims claimed to know God and to be standing up for God's ways. But the way that they've treated these two women has showed that they do not know the true God of love. They are a bit like the false teachers who left the church that John was writing to. They claimed to know God, but the way that they lived showed that they didn't. Well, what about the two nurses? How can they know that they are loved when something dreadful like that happens. Well, part of the way that they will feel loved is by their friends and their family standing up for them and people across the world praying for them and appealing for their release. But what if no one stood up for them? 
could they still know God's love then? Well, John says, yes, uh, yes, but, (laughs) yes, yes, but. Yes, they can know God's love, even if no one sticks up for them, because God has shown his love publicly in a way that cannot be denied. Just have a look at verse 9 of our reading. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. How can we know that God is loving no matter what we're facing? Well, look at what he's done. How did he show his love? Verse 9 tells us he sent his son. And notice he says he sent his only son. His only son. That the son he had always loved, he sent him into the world knowing that we would bruise him and smite him from the earth, as the old hymn puts it. How did how did uh, that show his love? How did that show his love, sending his son into the world to die? How does anyone going to their death show their love? Well, our family are going to, to Donegal for a, a holiday in a couple of weeks, and there's a cliff that we'll probably climb called Horn Head. And you can get really near to the edge. There are amazing views, but it's scary how close you are to falling. Imagine I said to my family, uh, look how much I love you, and jumped off the cliff. That wouldn't show my love, would it? If I loved them, I'd want to stay around and be there for them. But but what about if we were in the town? Uh, we're back from the cliff and we're, we're in the town and my son stepped out into the road and was about to get hit by a truck. And this time I jumped into the road to push him to safety and I got hit and died in the process. This time I've shown my love. I've given my life to save another. And that is just a tiny, tiny picture of what Jesus did. Have a look at the end of verse 9. Do you see what we're told? God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. He gave his life so that we might have life. The life that John is talking about here is the eternal life of knowing God. How did Jesus' death give us life? We'll have a look at the next verse, verse 10. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. How does love work in films or in books? Why are people loved? They're they're normally loved because there's something attractive about them, their looks, their ability or their personality, or, or often in films, all of those things. But John says it was none of those things that led God to send his son into the world. God sent his son into a world that hated him, to a a people who thought the world revolved around them, to people who did not want God to rule over them. Imagine you returned from holiday to find someone else had moved into your house. They'd let all your cattle out. They'd park their motorbike inside your house. There was oil all over the carpets. And they were using your family photo on the wall as a dartboard. Wouldn't you be rightly angry and command them to get out? Well, God is rightly angry at the way we've treated him and the way we've treated each other. Living in his world and not going his way. 
but his anger is not like ours. We tend to lose our temper, fly off the handle, but God's anger is controlled. He has set a day when he will rightly punish all that is wrong, all those who've ignored him and his ways. But he is also merciful and offers a way for us to be forgiven. Look what we're told about Jesus in chapter 4 verse 10. Listen to these wonderful words once more. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means a sacrifice that turns away God's holy anger. A sacrifice that removes our guilt. Have you ever seen a, a lightning conductor? You know that the metal conductor, um, that, that it's normally made to be the highest point on the building. And the idea is that the lightning will hit the conductor, the rod, instead of the building. And the electricity will then travel uh, down the rod safely and into the ground. Well, it's a bit like that with Jesus. He stands in our place and is willing to be struck instead of us, to take the full force of God's holy anger for the way we've treated God and people, so that we can be totally forgiven. And when you see that, when you understand that, you can't question God's love, that he should do that for us so that we can have life. So Mariam and Newish can still know that God is love, even if anyone else, even if everyone else rejects them, that they can know that when they look at the cross of Christ. They can see God's love shown publicly for them. And yet it's a, it's a yes, they, they can see it, a yes but. Yes, they can know that they're loved, but that love of God's needs to continue to be shown by the church, by God's people. Have a look at verse 11. The next verse. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We need to show that love that God has shown us. We need to show that to each other. So their church family and the, and the church worldwide should show sacrificial love towards them by standing with them, helping them, supporting them with their appeal. But this doesn't apply only to Mariam and Newish. Every church should love like God loved us. If God loved us so much that he gave his only son, we ought to love one another. That is a sacrificial love, a love even for those who don't love us. A love that's willing to make the first move in building bridges, just as God did even when we were rejecting him. A willingness to help someone who's in need. A love that turns up every Sunday to see your Christian brothers and sisters. And what happens as we show that love? Well, it helps to overcome a massive problem. The problem is, verse 12, you can't see God. No one's ever seen God, verse 12. But we can show the world what God is like by the way that we love one another. I wonder what sort of impression our churches give to the world. Is God's love perfected in us? That's what verse 12 says. No one's ever seen God. If we love one another, 
God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's a bit like when you're rewiring something. Uh, You've got to get all the connections made for the electricity to flow and the light to come on. And the circuit of God's love is completed when we love each other. And not only is this good for the person receiving the love, it's nice to be loved, isn't it? But it's also good for the person who's doing the loving. Just jump on to verse 17. Do you see verse 17? By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. When we love our fellow Christians, it gives us confidence that we really are God's people. Remember, John is writing to Christians who've been troubled by false teachers. And John reassures the Christians, the way you love each other, the way you love one another, shows that you are God's people. And that means you have nothing to fear on the day of judgment. Do you see at the end of that verse 17, he speaks about having confidence on the day of judgment. Because as Jesus is so also are we in this world. If you love like Jesus loves, it shows you're his people. If you love his people, and it shows that he's taken your punishment. And if you know that, then you have nothing to fear. Verse 18 tells us there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. But the reverse is also true. If loving one another shows that we are God's people, verse 20 tells us and warns us, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You can't see God, but you can see his people. And if you hate them, then, John says, you don't love God. But if you love them, then it's a sign that you are his people. Well, to return to the question we began with, how do you know that you are loved in a world that is full of so much pain and suffering? You, you can't see God, but you can see a public demonstration of his love Look to the cross. When when you're suffering, when you're in pain, look to the cross and see the biggest expression of God's love for you. Like the lightning conductor, Jesus took the punishment that should have been ours so that we can have life with God forever. And that can reassure us that even whatever we're facing, it's not that God doesn't love us. And we should also be able to look to the church and see a shadow of that love. Well, as we close, can I encourage you to reflect on the love of God that he has for us, that he should give his only son, and ask yourself, how are you showing that love to others? How are you showing that love to to your brothers and sisters in our church family? Let's pray uh, for God's help that we would do that. Let's pray. In this The love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his Son into the world so that we might live through him. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have shown us your love. You have given your only Son for us. 
We thank you for your love. And we pray that that would reassure us whenever we're facing difficult times. We would look to the cross and see your love. And we ask in your mercy that we might reflect that love, that we would love others like you have loved us, that our church families would be places where your love is seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to continue in prayer. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our hearts are glad this morning, our Father, as we greet this new Sunday. All that is within us rejoices and praises you. May our lives rise from their prisons of death into beauty and blessedness. We thank you for all that the resurrection of Jesus means to us that he could not be held by death, that he lives now to intercede for us in heaven and also to be our friend and companion in this world. May the gifts of his grace be poured out upon us. May the Holy Spirit fill our hearts and enrich our lives. We now give ourselves to you for this day. We desire to make it a day unstained by sinful thought or word, a day for receiving new measures of the Holy Spirit a day for coming very close to Jesus, a day for giving out blessings to others. Forgive us all our sins, cleanse and purify our lives. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for the Abana New Life School in Uganda. We thank you for the service of all involved in helping the children in Uganda to have a better future. We thank you for the joy of the children who we met in the New Life Choir who've been through so many challenges and yet have come to know you as their Heavenly Father. We pray for them as Uganda struggles with COVID-19 and with another strict lockdown. Lord, you know how hard this is for those who live hand to mouth and we pray you would help Abana as they seek to raise £10,000 to help those most in need. Please provide for all their needs. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we also pray for Pakistan, where your people continue to face severe persecution. We pray especially for those two ladies, Mariam and Newish, as they face life imprisonment. Please, would the authorities see that those two ladies have not done anything wrong, and please would they set them free. Please would they know you with them as they suffer for being your people. May they remain convinced of your love even in the trials that they are facing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today for those grieving the loss of a loved one. We pray for the family and friends of Ethel Coulter, of Sidney Stevens, of Leslie Humphreys, of Molly Rudden, and of Kenneth Smith. And in a moment of quiet, any others who we know are grieving at this time. Lord Jesus Christ, you wept at Lazarus's tomb. You understand our grief. 
please draw near to those who are grieving. Help them to see you through their tears and to know your peace that passes understanding. Please provide them with all the loving support that they need at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray for those who are unwell or recovering from surgery or suffering in any other way. We remember today Leon Briardy, Stephen Doggett, Elizabeth Hudson, Olive Simmons, and in a moment of quiet, any others known personally to us. Lord, you have promised your people, fear not, for I'm with you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. May each person suffering know you with them, and know your love shown at the cross. We pray for your healing for those who are unwell, and for your grace to be sufficient for each one. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for this Sunday. Merciful God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you, that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that can, we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we close our prayers by joining together in the second collect for morning prayer. Together we pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger, and in all things guide us to know and do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there, we have a, a few announcements before our final hymn. And that's to say this, this week on Wednesday, the Bible study will be happening in the rectory garden under the tent at 8.30pm. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be at, at church as usual with the telephone service as well. Um, and then on the 20th of July, we'll have in touch in the rectory garden again at 330 Um I think that's it by way of uh, announcements. So we're going to have our final hymn, which reminds us of that love that came down to earth for our sake. Uh, in this is love. We were told in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love divine, all love's excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Let's uh, sing number 634. salvation and our 
trembling heart. Come, Almighty, to deliver. Let us all thy life receive. Suddenly return and never, never more thy temples leave. Thee we would be always blessing, serve thee as thy hosts Then thy new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Let us see thy great salvation, perfectly restored in thee. Change from Well, thank you for joining us uh, today. Um, We're going to close our service by joining together in the words of the grace. Together we pray, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Well, as you leave this morning, do remember you can't see God, but you can see his love. Keep remembering that love shown at the cross and seek to love one another. Speak to you soon. God bless.